Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. This week, Liz Jones... Liz. Liz. I'm Liz. You're Liz, I'm Nick. We're going to start off with something a little positive... I have here a stress relief deck so that we can start the podcast on a nice, calm, even keel. Are you turning me into Gwyneth Paltrow? No. <laughs> it's a stress relief deck and Mal Paper have sent it to me. So I thought we'd try it. So, pick a card. Any card. What you got? <sighs> Go on. <laughs> I am Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, dear. Focus on the journey of your breath. How does it feel as air travels through your nose, past your voice box and windpipe, into your lungs? Follow the breath through your body and then repeat. That's good, isn't it? You can see if it's warm or cold going into your nostrils, how it feels travelling down. It's all rubbish. (laughs) All this rubbish wellness stuff. And I've been to my fair share of spas. You know, I went to the Goop Day. I, do, I remember in, that. It was next to the River Cafe in, in, in West London. I kept thinking I'd much rather be in the River Cafe having some pasta. I think the day cost about £2,000 and it's lots of security to get in. You had to wear a plastic wristband and everything. And there were all these sort of stalls selling expensive things and preaching wellness and positivity and niceness and... But Gwyneth Paltrow, who was hosting the whole thing, walked around with two bodyguards. What does she think we're going to do to her? Kill her with bad vibes? I love that. I love that. So are you not going to do that then? It's all rubbish. Should I see what I get? Okay, I got... The greatest weapon we have against stress is our ability to focus on one thought over another. Your mind can't think of two things at once. Choose thoughts that support and empower you. I think that's really good. I, think that's I a, didn't hear the last bit. Choose thoughts that support and empower you. I think that's really good. You can but choose. You two thoughts. You can't keep two thoughts in your head at the same time, so choose the one that supports you. Oh, choose, yeah. not two. No, choose. Choose the thought that keeps you empowered. That's a good idea, isn't it? But that card's already made me stressed because I couldn't hear what oh, you were saying. Give it back, then. Give it back. I'll give up. But do you know what the good news is this week? Go on, give me some good news. We have had half a million downloads of the podcast. Go us, go us. But that means that half a million people know that I'm incontinent. Only one incontinence. I'm not double incontinent, (laughs) just one incontinence. And half a million listeners know that Minnie wants a poo. They also know your prize winning. I'm pretty sure they know your prize winning too. Well, I went to an office function yesterday and I was going to have a badge made with columnist of the year on oh, it. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I'm going to get you a T-shirt printed. That way you don't have to introduce yourself as Liz Jones, columnist of the year, prize winner. 
prize winning. You just you can just stand facing them, columnist of the year, turn around, prize winning on the back. But do you remember when I was being shot at on Exmoor by boys? I do. I was going to have sweatshirts made with Team Liz oh, for everyone to wear. The gardener, are. you. She was going to make me wear a Team Liz T-shirt. <laughs> Other good news. We have been invited to our first Christmas party for two years. When I told Nick this, she's very predictable when you invite Nick to anything, particularly a party where she thinks there might be men. She said, I haven't been to a party for 20 years, which is exaggerating it slightly. Okay, we worked out it was 15. Then she starts WhatsApping you pictures of dresses, mainly red, mainly bodycon, mainly from Next... So that's quite predictable. And then she says, I'm starting my, what's that diet thing you're on? Wild Fit. I'm going back wild to my fit. Wild Fit tomorrow. Now, the thing I have to question here about Wild Fit, she did Wild Fit and she took half a million of you through it very very great length and laboriously through Wild Fit. This how she bored. goes through Tesco, examining labels for sugar, how it changes your mindset so you're never going to eat sugar and eat the wrong things again. And... That didn't happen, did it, Nick? What? You had a tin of baked beans yesterday, which is full of sugar, so you didn't read the label on that. You had a pizza. I did. You had a Diet Coke. I don't think all that Diet no, Coke you're not is... not allowed that. No, no, but like anything... So, therefore, you went on and on and on about Wild Fit. You did the courses. You probably paid millions of pounds to do it. You were an What's ambassador for them on the airwaves. No, be quiet. Half a million readers... <laughs> Listeners, but then you fell off the wagon because of an excuse. So that makes my point. Diets don't work. It has to be livable. Has to be the way of living. And I agree with you. But with any with any livable thing and any way of living, you still have to be mindful. You still have times where you say, or you have to be mindful. You still have to be mindful. You still. it's, It's it's very easy to go back to something that you've been doing for forty years. Um, no, but you haven't been being mindful. That's the whole point. No, exactly. So I wasn't mindful. I'm, I'm very tired. I haven't been at all well. See, there's always an excuse. On. There is always an excuse. And that's one good thing about WildFit because it does address the excuses. And it also is very much of you've not failed because... The, but you, you have failed. No, I haven't failed. I At this that point in my life, I wasn't in a place to do it. And I'm now choosing to go back to it. So I'm not calling it failure. I'm calling it... It was a different part of my life. It wasn't, I wasn't in a good place. I didn't, that wasn't my priority. But actually I found out that when I introduced all these things back into Made me, you worse. It makes me feel worse. So in actual fact, it proves the point that eating in that way has done me a really, apart from losing the weight, has made me feel better. So I want, I want to go back to it. But the it's intention was it changed you forever. Yeah. And it did. I don't. I don't stress eat now. I don't. If I get a problem, I don't run and eat food. I don't want cake. It has changed things forever. But like anything, if you start letting things creep back in, then the dependencies creep back in. So you know, you've you've always got to be mindful. You can't just expect not to contribute to doing it. You know, you 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 have to think about it and and make positive decisions for yourself. Because after all, you know, it's up, it's up to us, isn't it? We're adults. We need to make those positive decisions. So my positive decision is I'm back on it today. Because you've got a party coming up. That helps. That helps a lot. A lot. <laughs> I have a very, very nice dress, but at the moment I would look like a sausage 
that have been tied up to put in the oven. But I stand my ground here. I honestly think that these unrealistic regimes, they're just designed to sell you stuff. And that is why the diet industry and the, also the wellness industry is, is so lucrative and why so many people get into it. Um, you know, moderation in, in everything. You know, you can't one minute be examining the labels in Tesco and the next minute eating a sugary tin of baked beans. But the unfortunate thing is, isn't it, is that a lot of a lot of the things that we we moderate, you say moderation, but a lot of it's addictive. So it, you know, if you eat sugar, you want more sugar. You no, but you spent sugar. months getting unaddicted to sugar and stuff. I did, and and you know, I'm back on it today. You always look at the negative, look at the positive, Joe. No, I'm just trying to make you have a dose of realism that you went on and on and on about wild fit changing the way you eat and you'll never go back to it and it changed your appetite and you fell off. No, well, I didn't say I'd never go back to it because I think that is unrealistic. No, I, I stand by wild fit. I stand by the fact that I felt better for it. I felt healthier for it. I My skin was better. I had more energy. I lost weight. I absolutely stand by it. So what made you fall off it then? Because last weekend you said you couldn't put one foot in front of the other. Exactly. I've not been well. I've had the um, the dizziness and the vertigo. I've fallen down the stairs. I had an awful, awful um, viral infection. I've now got a chest infection. I've had one thing after the other. I'm tired. I've still got a function because obviously we've, you know, got jobs to do, we've got horses to do and stuff. Yeah, it just wasn't my priority. I just ate whatever was in front of me because I couldn't be bothered. But at the end of the day, it doesn't help. It doesn't make me feel any better and I need to be bothered. But when you go back on it, do you have to give the money again? No, 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 no. I can do the course. Once you've done the course, you can repeat the course as many times as you like and work through it as many times as you like. You've got a huge amount of support. Um, no, I stand by Wild Fit. I think it's I think it's a great programme. I felt much better for it, and I think it is sustainable. But like everything, you have to play your part. You just can't expect someone else to do it for you. Although well, you didn't play your part, then. I didn't play my part. I ate donuts. I didn't play my part. But today is a fresh day. She messaged me by mistake, which she quite often does, and it was meant for her mum, and it was bring donuts. Well, that was that was a joke because my mum would not bring donuts. No chance. So we, like talk, we talked a little bit about Gwyneth Paltrow, didn't we? We did. That was a great goodie bag. Do you know, I? this is how generous I am, half a million listeners. That goodie bag was worth £400. It was amazing. And I gave it in chat to Nick and so she'd take it. I lied to her and I said I got two, but I didn't I only got one and I didn't get one. Well, I wouldn't have taken it if you didn't. Well, there we are. That proves my point. But I wouldn't. Yeah. That proves my point. But I wouldn't. That take proves my point. Your good. That bag. proves my point. What, what's your point? If I told you I didn't have one, you wouldn't have taken no, it. Of course not. Of course not. I want you to have it because it was it was it was amazing. I mean, it was a really good goodie bag. Mind you, the tickets were so expensive. You paid through the nose for it, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. But the yeah. goodie bag was amazing. It was amazing. No two ways about it. it was. But it had compostable tampons. Yeah. I don't know where you'd compost them, really. A moon cup. A what? A moon cup, menstrual moon cup. That's yeah. very eco-friendly. No, tan stuff, everything. No, I, I worked my way through that quite happily. That ship has sailed with me. What, your, your moon cup? <laughs> I might use it for my incontinence. I, I wonder if that would work. I could get you a sheepy. 
your face. If if I could if I could just get a picture of that face to put on Twitter along with this podcast, that would be fantastic. No, we doctor all my pictures. <laughs> so tell me about Holly Willoughby, who's a sort of wannabe Gwyneth Paltrow, isn't she? Oh, as I say, I've not been very well um, this week. I've got a chest infection, so I did actually give in to it for two days. Poor Liz was lumbered with the horses. And Holly Willoughby's book turned up uh, called Reflections, which was out last week. And it's a book about your inner and outer beauty. And Is it a novel? It's not a novel. It's 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 a book about basically. It's aimed. Do at you women. see how I'm quite subtly bitchy? I know. I know. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just be nice. I've given you a stress relief card. Practice your breathing. Um, and it's 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 about it's for women. And she's very careful in the beginning of the book to say that's for women, for anybody that identifies as a woman, not just for biological women. She talks about her coping mechanisms for mental health and how she at one point felt very detached and how she came through that. Um, what what, how did, how, what were the symptoms of being detached apart from her house, probably well, a mansion? <laughs> she says she wasn't depressed, she wasn't unhappy and she doesn't want to go into the reasons why she became detached. But what she does say, which is I think a lot of us can cope with, that the more you cope, and this is this is a quote, people get used to you functioning at that level. Your head gets busier, you get even more tired, and ultimately you end up doing everything, but doing it just that little bit badly. You're always slightly outside your body thinking about what you've got to deal with next. I'm like that. And, and I am, and I think... I, think an I awful, don't think you are. I am. I thought... I think... <laughs> shut up. I think an awful lot of people can, can relate to it. So it is a very relatable book. It's a nice book. It's pink and there's beautiful pictures. So beautiful. There's beautiful pictures of her. And my favourite thing about the whole book... Is she wearing Walter Spencer? Probably. The whole thing about the whole book that I absolutely love, my favourite bit, is it's got a ribbon bookmark. Because you used to get that years ago and you don't get it now, do you? And that's my favourite bit, that you could actually mark your page with this little ribbon bookmark. Um... It's, it's very obviously written by her. She's not a writer, and, and, and you can tell that, so it's quite colloquial. It's not, it's not I wouldn't say it's well-written, to be honest. Um, that's no sort of, you know, anything against her, because I wouldn't write a well-written book. You know, she's not a writer. But she should have employed a ghostwriter like me. Well, I think what comes through the book is is it's very authentic. You know, it's it's really her. And it can be. A so, bit... what was the one great thing you took away from Holly's book? Uh, I wouldn't say there was one great thing, to be honest. I, I wouldn't say it's quite even throughout. Um, it's a little bit rainbows and unicorns in places, a little bit sugary. Is it all to promote her website, which is all about flowers and wellness and? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it would go along very well with that and she does have some really nice tips she does she has that making a list you know on a full moon at the big you know full moon make a list of things that you want to achieve that month and and you know little things so you're always renewing what you're trying to achieve and if it, if you don't achieve it, it doesn't matter because you're going to get you know another full moon so you know she's got lots of nice things singing bowls there's a little dip into singing a lot, bowls singing bowls singing bowl. what's the singing bowl a singing bowl is is a bowl that and you and you use a, a, a prong thing and you wipe it round to make to make music with it the vibration is meant to be helpful for you is it like smudging yes yeah, it's a similar sort of thing um 
But she sort of delves into a lots of little bits and pieces at no great depth. I'm going to smudge you. So next it's week. I'm smudging myself regularly. So you've got lots of little ideas of what could be useful to you and what you might want to bring in. Things like makeup tips and and clothing tips. So it's a nice, quite easy read, comforting, pink, cuddly book. If that makes sense. Well. I've told you about my running with Gwyneth Paltrow when she had two bodyguards. You did. And she thought we were going to kill her with bad vibes. That's a Woody Allen joke, by the way. I have had a running with Holly Willoughby. I know you have. So Holly Willoughby posted online a picture of her first thing in the morning without makeup. So it was everyone was supposed to post a picture of themselves without makeup. Obviously, she looked amazing and dewy. So the Daily Mail ran me up and they said, Liz, before you get up, can you take a picture of yourself and we'll publish it of you without makeup? So I thought, okay, I'm going to look like Holly Willoughby. And I look like a dead tortoise. I look like Rafe Fines in The English Patient after he'd been in a plane crash and been burnt. I think I think that's a bit harsh, to be honest. But you So I wrote a piece in the Daily Mail, as is my want, saying, actually, Holly, most of us don't look like that in in the morning, even though I always sleep with four pillows like a Victorian consumptive so that all the fluid drains from my face into my feet. So I've got very nice feet. So I wasn't really being horrible about Holly Willoughby. I'm just saying, look, most of us don't look like that. And I... I'm sure her picture was genuine, but it kind of makes the rest of us feel bad. So anyway, I was invited onto this morning with Philip and Holly to talk about what I'm going to talk about in a minute, which is my archive feature. So I get there and I sit down and and there's Philip and there's Holly. And just before the cameras roll, Philip goes... Well, Liz Jones, I think you're disgusting. Writing that about Holly is absolutely terrible in the Daily Mail. Daily fail, blah, 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 oh, blah, dear. blah. And I was out, so I was shocked. So the camera's on me and my face, my mouth's a perfect oval. Shocked that I'm attacked by Philip yeah. Schofield. And then Holly said to him, no, Philip, it's her job. She's doing her job the same as you and I yeah. do. And Holly really stuck up for yeah. me. So I think Holly is a girl's girl. I think she is. And, and Gwyneth she, isn't. Holly is a girl's yeah, girl. And she's she's beautiful and she's nice. But she stuck up for me against yeah. her television husband. Yeah. But uh, but the fact that she's beautiful and nice, it all comes across in the book. You can't help but love her. And there's a little bit of me that thinks, well, it's okay for you. You're beautiful. You've got a lovely husband. You've got your children. You've got a fantastic career. Very easy for you to be nice and serene. She does work very hard, but though. People think doing those morning shows is easy. Exactly it's not. that. And I think as well, you have to remember that just as people look at you and think, oh, lucky Liz, you know. No, blah, they blah, don't. Blah. I'm sure some people think No, you know, they don't. Especially when you were doing... They see like, me crawling around the fields... You know, I've only got one pair of socks and they're all got holes in. I've got blisters and I'm poo-picking in the wind and the howling rain. No one envies me, no. I'm sure people don't always see you like that. But it's the same with Holly. You know, I was thinking, well, it's, it's all right for you. You're beautiful, you're this, you're that. And then I thought, actually, do you know what? She works bloody hard to, for what she's achieved. She's She's genuinely nice, clearly. She's genuinely lovely, clearly. And... She deserves what she's got. She obviously works hard. If she's doing all these things for her mental health, she's working hard at being that nice and working hard at, 
uh, being that serene and, and being that kind. So actually, full power to it. It's a nice book. I think it's the sort of book that would make a really nice Christmas present to you. Don't give it to me. No, I'm not giving it to you. It'd be wasted on you. But like, it's an, it'd be make a really nice Christmas present. I haven't to had my birthday present yet. I haven't had my birthday like present. I know yeah. you haven't had your birthday because she's never going to let that go. Yeah, nice birthday or Christmas present or something. I think it's a nice book. You've got a four hundred pound goodie bag. I got nothing, nothing, oh, nothing. And this week, I got a death threat. I'm going to collect so my something. death. Th- I'm going to collect my death threat. So you've got something. And there's always for. such a fuss, isn't there, when you know college lecturers and university people get sacked or MPs are too scared to turn up at conference. I get death threats all the time. Do I complain? No. Oh, you, just... write, you, you use it. You write about it. It's fodder. <laughs> so I got this sort of cartoon. No, it wasn't a cartoon. It was a sort of meme of Snoop Dogg, the rapper. I, I, named my, I named my first cat after Snoopy. He has made Just Eat trendy. I mean, he's literally made the Just Eat I hope habits. you don't order Just Eat now. Can't get but it, no. So I got a death threat for it. And I, it was Snoop Dogg saying it, but someone sent it to him. And it was, die, bitch, die. So they were intelligent and they were putting forward their argument well. And Die, bitch, die. And this was all because um, there was lots and lots of online talk about COP26 and saving the planet and yeah. what private jets and stuff. So I tweeted, because obviously, you know, I'm an intellectual and I've got 9-0 levels, just stop having children. Succinct to the So point. the backlash from all the mums out there. And I got, as well as die, bitch, die, I got, well, thank God you didn't have children, Liz Jones, because we don't want any more of your DNA in the world. Well, that's nice, isn't it? That's nice. (laughs) And that's such an intelligent argument. That's such a sort of reasoned, impassioned thing to say. And then someone else said, oh, well, you know, it's nice to know that a writer, and they put writer in inverted commas. I am a writer. I'm not a, I'm not a typist, as my ex used to say. I'm a writer. But at least they knew how to use punctuation. So they said, a writer, just stay at home with all your cats. I don't have any cats. They've all died. They're a few, they're a few years behind, didn't they, in the comments? And then lots of people dug up a piece from 2011. This was my most commented on ever piece and the most shared and I went on the sofa with Holly and Philip again to talk about this, and it was about stealing sperm. And I admitted that I mainly tried to steal sperm, first of all from my boyfriend Trevor and then from my husband, mainly because I wanted to feel normal. I wanted to tie them to me, Um, and I thought I was going to leave it too late, and I remember you know, the worst thing about getting divorced was I said to my husband, you've stolen my last childbearing years. And then I got loads of comments on Twitter saying, Liz, they weren't your last childbearing years. You were too old anyway. (laughs) God, hush, hush. So I tried to steal sperm from Trevor, who always used a condom because he didn't trust me saying I was on the pill and I wasn't on the pill. And then when I was married... I wanted to have sex with my husband. He never used to condom having sex with me, my husband. I think it's because he thought I was too old. Well, maybe you just embraced the fact that you were married. No, no. So I said to my husband, when he finally 
said to me, I want to be a dad and you can't give me that, although he's never been a dad since. Oh, and I asked him why he hasn't become a dad since, and he said, because you never know if a woman's going to turn out to be a cow and you're going to be shackled to her forever. Okay. See, that's how men speak about us. Well, me mainly. Okay, well, you've got to make a choice, haven't you? If you want to be a dad, that's it. You know, you have, you have to take that risk. So I, I, the whole piece was about being a, a sperm catcher. Um, and I spoke to lots of women. I did some research for this piece. I spoke to one woman and she said she used secret hormone injections. She, another used a clandestine ovulating chart kept in the tea towel drawer. Well, you know men are never going to go in the tea towel. No. That's, 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 that's safe as anything. And I spoke to another one over the summer who said she was trying to get pregnant with her fiancé because I really want a year off work. I might even go part-time after that, maybe two days a week. He will just have to work harder. Blimey. So the whole piece really was not saying stealing sperm is great because obviously it would have been a huge mistake, but to warn men how devious women are. And also it's something... We don't talk about it. It's a dirty laundry, isn't it? We don't talk about it. But maybe very, women... very dirty if you're talking about sperm. Oh, I suppose so. But maybe there are women out there that feel that they're on their own. They've got that level of desperation and they feel that they're on their own. When actually there are other people that feel the same and are doing the same sorts of things. And perhaps just knowing that will help them. But I was sitting there again with, with it's a bit of a Holly week. This was, I was sitting with Holly and Philip. So last week it was all about being chippy. This week it's about being Holly. I'd love to be Holly if I could be that beautiful and. Lovely. And so Philip Schofield was having another go at me saying this is terrible and that. And I'm saying, and I'm not advocating it, I'm warning men that actually yeah. women are devious and all they want to do is to be at home making Nigella Lawson recipes and ironing tea towels and stuff. They don't want the rough and tumble of work. I've mentioned this before, all the women who had children have fallen by the wayside, haven't they? But that wasn't your motivation, was it? People have different motivations, but whatever brings you to feeling that desperate, really, it's something we need to think about and talk about. But my womb remained as unused as my Le Creuset saucepan. God forbid. I wouldn't want to sully it. So sorry to interrupt, Liz, but we have a very important announcement that might just interest your listeners. There's another Mail on Sunday podcast and it could change your life. It's called Medical Minefield. Yes, where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. And that's with me, Barney Kalman, the Mail on Sunday's health editor. And me, Eve Simmons, the deputy health editor. Find us at mailplus.co.uk. Shall we look at the column this week? Go on. This week's column in which I email my original dream man. Oh, dear God. So last week I told you I spotted the first man I chastely spent the night with, circa 1978. I didn't find Russell in the flesh. He had been interviewed by the BBC coming out of a cinema in 1974 wearing a car coat. And she made me load the little stalker clip on to Twitter with the podcast. Lots of people have been asking for it, though, haven't they? No, I've actually had emails saying that they're not on Twitter and they couldn't find the documentary or they couldn't find... So I've literally been emailing out Stalker Clip. Stalker Clip. Stalker Clip. Since then, since that clip, I've been Googling him without much luck. 
So if you Google me, there's five million entries. If you Google him, there aren't really any, even though he's a film star. Do you know he was in Cry Freedom? I did, because you told us last podcast and the podcast before. Alongside Kevin Klein and Denzel Washington. So I rented, I couldn't find him on Google, so I rented Cry Freedom and I watched it feverishly and I overused the rewind 10 seconds option. He plays a soldier or a policeman. Wanting to know if he ever married and got divorced, I then went on the My Heritage website. Useless. Absolutely. They're like wildfit. They just want you to spend money. I had to upgrade and subscribe again. Completely useless. Someone with his name got married in Brentwood in Essex, but I can't be certain it was him. This was all proving expensive, so I just emailed him. I found his contact details on his work website. Well, that's a bit easier, isn't it? Just yeah. email, it's a bit yeah. easier. But I wanted a bit of background knowledge first, you see. Right. I said, I'm sure you don't remember me, but I'd just seen you on television. I didn't say I'd just re-watch Cry Freedom. He replied, da, da, da. Hi, Liz. Of course I remember you. There, you see? See, so straight away as a gentleman, straight away, polite, like it, like it. He said he gave up being a film star and he hopes I'm well. So I persisted. I said, every movie star I've ever interviewed, you see, I wanted him to know I interview movie stars. And I've been, I have been in Bruce Willis's bath. In case he didn't know that you was award winning. Well, it says award winning at the end of the email. It's my signature. (laughs) Every movie star I've ever interviewed is paranoid and miserable. So you made the right decision. How nice to get an email from someone whom we all agreed was the most handsome man in London. Okay, can I just say here, this is from someone that says she doesn't know how to flirt. I can flirt flirt. when I'm typing. She can bloody flirt when she wants to, can't she? That's flirting. He replied, remarking that if I thought he was the most handsome man in London, I can't have got out much, which to be honest was true because I had agoraphobia as well as everything else. But he was the most... I mean, literally, even Oh, I, my God. Even I watched that clip a few He's times. better looking than George Clooney, Brad Pitt. No, he was. He was. Any of them. He was. He replied, sending a photo of himself taken in 1977 in my flat. Have you framed it? Well, I keep looking at it. He's smoking... <laughs> Can you believe I allowed smoking in my flat? You and must have really fancied him. Yeah. You must have really, And he's really got a can of beer him. in his hand and yeah. he's wearing a satin bomber jacket. I remember those. You must have really liked him to allow any of that. I replied to that photo saying, you once took me to a wedding, not ours, sadly. Forward, <gasps> very forward. And I enclosed the photo of me now, which Devil Wears Prada fashion. I asked Nick to doctor, make it smaller, rescan, airbrush it, and it went with the caption taken yesterday when actually it was 11 years ago. Yes, I got this frantic, frantic text Nick, at like 11 Nick, o'clock at night or something Nick, stupid. can you resize this photo? Yeah, and I sent, I sent it over to her and she's like, no, smaller, hide the wrinkles, smaller. And then I said, I'd just done a 42-mile walk for charity when that picture was taken. Was that yesterday as well? No, that was true, but it was 11 years ago. (laughs) And then I wanted him to think I'm nice and not self-obsessed. 
dear. If only I'd not been too, so shy, I didn't have sex with him when I had the chance, I'd have more claim on him now. I could say I had a giant child, couldn't I? A 40-year-old child. What were you going to do? Pretend I'm the child? Is this my man to priest you I could say you're my 40-year-old child if oh. you get you the facelift. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, get me the facelift. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> then he went a bit cold. I didn't get anything else. And then I went through the emails forensically with a fine tooth comb and there weren't any little XXXs. Maybe you just went to sleep. What, for two weeks? Maybe he's tired. Nevertheless, I got a bit overexcited and ordered a milky tank top from the nearly new cashmere company. I considered booking the dental hygienist. I was going to email Harley Street and say, can someone dry clean my teeth? And last night, I slept in a face mask from Sisley. It was a sample. Do you know, if you go through enough department stores, you can get enough samples for a face mask. Oh, my God. Next, you'll be booking the waxing. No, sorry. He promised to... Oh, then he sent me an email saying he promised to scan and send more photos of parties in my flat. But it's now four days later, so he's hardly feverish. Oh, God, perhaps he's Googled me. That's always going to be the, the thing, is Five really? million entries. Yeah, the yeah. sperm-stealing, man-hating, Holly Willoughby-baiting Bliss Jones. It's going to put him off, isn't it? I wonder if I could just erase my path. Mm, I think it would take a hell of a lot of erasing on Google. I think you just have to suck it up. Then I had two bits of equally good news. Do you want to hear what they are? Fire both barrels. I went to Harley Street, back to the professor... I had a £1,000 worth of tests and I got the all clear. It's just a bit of unevenness in my left ear. So he's given me a water tablet, which are very inexpensive. And then my tiny room at Soho House got upgraded to a large room, which thrilled me. And I thought, I've got no more death sentence. I'm in a large room. So I texted someone to come and have sex. Oh, God. Oh, don't even... Never waste a wax. That's my motto. There's nothing to say to that, is there, really? (laughs) Like, when I'm running, I'm like, never waste a downhill. But no, you go one step further, never waste a wax. Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. How are the readers? We got a very nice um, letter, didn't we, from someone? Yes. They didn't say die, bitch, die, did they? No, we, your ratio of die, bitch, die to, to we love you, Liz, is, 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 is OK, you know. You're all right. And then another woman tweeted, oh, she's writing about an ex again, yawn. Russell wasn't really an ex because I didn't have penetrative sex, so it doesn't really count. So he's not an ex, he's new. Thank you. Well, you hope he's new. <laughs> Right, so moving swiftly on from penetrative sex, we have Amy. And Amy says, Hi Liz, thought this would make you smile. My friend's daughter called Zeta would like to be like you when she grows up one no, day at school. No. What? She wants to be like me when she grows she does. up. Barren and alone. She said her idol was you, that she wanted to be a writer and columnist and rescue animals. Oh, isn't that lovely? Zeta is already a vegan and on Sunday always asks, what's Liz and the puppies been up to this week? I'm going to rename the column. That's fantastic. What have Liz and the puppies been up to this week? That's fantastic. She also keeps a journal ready for her own memoir 
Useful. And, yeah, and she, she Amy says she's sure that she's not the only young girl who looks up to you. What a great young girl. Vegan, got ambition, knows what she wants. That's fantastic. That's really nice to hear. Right, so we've also got Emma who said, Hi, ladies, I wrote in before and you said I was in your club, which is amazing. Quite a large club, though, isn't it now? Don't be mean. Back away from the mean. I'll give you another stress card. I'm writing in today, so I literally just spent the day and evening out, half feeling conscious and half feeling amazing in a denim boiler suit. I love it, but not all the comments were positive. Sodom, Sodom, Emma. Don't care what they think. But at 34, I feel fabulous in it, and I'm happy to bring it back and channel a bit of Liz. The only thing about boiler suits is it's quite hard if you're incontinent because it takes quite a long time to get it off and wriggle down. And also, if you're in a public loo, you don't want it sitting on the floor. Yeah, I'll be honest, with this chest infection this week, I've just given up and accept that I just will cough and wee myself. I've obviously, chest infection combined with age, I just give up. And we also have, last but not least, we have a new listener called Louise, who is the founder of Second Chance Rescue, where Boris is from. Oh, right, Second Chance Goldens. Yeah, Second Chance um, Goldens. So she says, hi, Nick, what a fab job you're doing with Boris. I listened to your podcast today and thought it was fab. I did have a giggle. It reminded me of Jennifer Saunters and Joanna Lumley. So, But which is which? Which is which? I'm Joanna Lumley, obviously. You are obviously Joanna Lumley. Darling. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> um, so, so that was nice. But Louise at the moment is working really, really hard to get dogs over from Romania because the temperature's going to drop. We don't want any more now. No, we don't anymore because we've got we've got six now between us. Um, but the temperatures go down to minus 15 in Romania and more and there's old, vulnerable and young puppies. But until she moves dogs in kennels, she won't be able to bring them over. So if you are up for fostering a dog... Holly. Yes, please contact... Um, you can contact me and I'll pass your details on or you can go direct to Twitter and contact them on We've Twitter. We've got another new listener, my friend Alex, who Alex. I had dinner with and I last saw her in 1984 and she's exactly the same. So having had dinner, she started listening to the podcast and you know I was talking about I get nervous when I get on moving objects like planes, yeah. trains or when I have sex on top. Yeah. And so she emailed me to say, Liz, I'm still wetting myself laughing at you picturing huge waving penises. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday. But for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.